the mouse trap. I was like, I will kill you if you want. <laughs> <laughs> you, father. I will save you, mother. Something about it. Goes hard. Yeah. Well, yeah. Can you start the timer for me? Are we rolling? Fantastic. <coughs> well, hello, everyone. My name is Nicholas, and you're listening to Elitist Anthropology, a new podcast by me, Nicholas. You might know my previous podcasting work, known as Metamaterials, uh, the long-faded, since-sunsetted podcast about culture and politics. I took some time off, you know, had to restructure, refocus, get a new set, move to a new city, and now we're back. Some people have asked me, I tell people I love podcasts, they look at me like I'm crazy. Uh, They say, Nick, why would you start a podcast? We don't need any more discourse. We've had enough, we've had more than enough. And I say, no, 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 no. Because to me, like, the purpose of podcasting, the reason why you would listen to a podcast or why you would create one is because you want to, you know, discover something new, sort of unveil something, look into something deeper, do a little bit of anthropology, if you will. That kind of ties into the title, Elitist Anthropology. People say, Nicholas, I asked uh, one of my friends to be on this podcast. I was like, will you be on my podcast? He was like, what's it called? And I was like, Elitist Anthropology. And he was like, I don't want to be associated with anything elitist. <laughs> and I was like, okay, like, I, res- I respect the class discourse in that. But it's a little bit, you know, um, self-effacing that, you know, this is not the most important discussion that can be had. Like, my podcast is not war journalism. It's just a vibe. It's knowing. Yeah, it's just to explore the milieu that I live in. Which, you know, the indie creator community <laughs> of the greater New York area, it's kind of ridiculous. It's, it's pretentious. It's elitist. And that's why we're doing some elitist anthropology. And we'll come to know more of what this show is and why it exists as it continues. Because things kind of form their identity as they happen. And now the intros are over, I would like to talk about my first guest on the pod. So I, <laughs> I met her in 2018. 19 summer of 2019 we went to the same university we were working like the same on-campus job and i was like the summer team and she was like on the spring team so she was like kind of like phasing out and so like one day i came in for training and like she's like teaching me like how to do the things like oh like this is this this is this this is this whatever she's like all right y'all deuces bye like left and i was like oh no she's leaving like she's kind of cool i like her like she's kind of funny like yeah like she's sick and so then she left and then she came back like several months later in the fall in the fall yeah and i was like oh yeah she's back that was my thing yeah yeah, yeah and so um we've been good friends ever since some people might know her as super kira yes uh professionally redhead <laughs> <laughs> on uh the clock app and she's here in the flesh so everybody welcome to the pod kira sullivan Thanks, Nicholas. Thanks for having me on your pod. Happy to be a friend of the pod. Did I give you friend of the pod status? No, I just kind of. Yeah, I just kind of claimed it for my own. You know what? And that's why I like you because <laughs> you're <laughs> ambitious. <laughs> I'm a <go-getter. laughs> you, you just you just gusto. go after things. I've got yeah. moxie. Yeah. Well, tell us about yourself. So I described you, but you tell us about you. What should the elitist anthro audience know about who you are? Um, my name is Kira Sullivan. I'm a small redhead woman <laughs> who lives in New York City. You're gonna dox yourself? I was who, <laughs> who is also who is a comedian and mm-hmm. also has a TikTok, mm-hmm. among other things. Yeah, yeah. I would say that I'm a New York comedian. A New York comedian. 
and also a small redhead woman just to give them a mental picture of who i am yeah yeah i kind of have florence Pugh body in the sense of like i am actually not that short but my proportions make me look a lot smaller than i am really people i'm five four which is like Mm -hmm. pretty normal for a woman yeah people are always telling me like when i tell people i'm five four they're like no you're not no and i'm like no i really am it's just i have small legs uh it's florence peabody that's interesting i never noticed that florence Pugh had small legs well how, how tall do you think florence Pugh is well i only see her in like in a movie so she's okay. enormous she's, <laughs> yeah, she's, 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 she's on the big screen larger than life okay, like, so true. like she makes a story more perfect mm-hmm. <laughs> she makes a scene more real so I don't, she she's be, a giant she could literally be 10 feet tall i would exactly. know i see her in the kitchen i guess she's smaller than a fridge i just saw her vogue cover Smaller she's like standing in front of a commercial refrigerator so like less size than that okay that's a good vantage point yeah all right well let's move on so like i said this is an anthropological podcast mm-hmm. so we're trying to collect some data about like not necessarily gen z but like 20 somethings 30 somethings that are like living in the city just a you know 20 something making white woman finding herself in new york city working in media exactly just like a rom-com from that, 2003 that's the story that demands to be told so can you tell me how you got here today um i took an uber what was that like that was I usually don't take Ubers. It's just I'm a really mm. late sleeper. I'm not a morning person. I was concerned about that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought you might be. <laughs> I was genu- So um, we have another session today. Mm. And so I was thinking like, oh, who am I going to put first? Am I going to put you or the other person first? Because both of you guys are not so great with time. But Well, I'm okay with time, but it's just mornings. Like if I'm okay mm-hmm. with time, if it's like in the afternoon... Yeah. It's just mornings because I'm, a, I have sleepy head disease. <laughs> <laughs> I know this, so I, I know this from when we used to work together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was, I was like concerned. So I'm, hey, I'm really glad. Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad work. you made I'm it here. today. Because I feel like morning people were like a dying breed. Really, I feel like mm-hmm. I'm very outnumbered by you all. Uh, we're 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 unlike the Scooby Doo fandom <laughs> community. We're pretty people that are morning people are pretty like obnoxious about it. See, like it only took me. We've been recording for like s- three minutes. <laughs> yeah, you already. Do- yeah. I um. Being not a late riser is hard, but uh, going back to the Uber, mm-hmm. the reason I took it, I usually only take it if it's like in the mornings and it saves me a lot of time. Like it allows me to sleep longer because yeah. I'm someone who will like. I'll pay anything for like a precious 20 minutes more mm-hmm. of sleep. Mm. So like it would have taken me like 40 minutes on the on the train. On the th- train. Where we are now And it was like 11 minutes in the Uber. Where we are is in a we're in a weird location yeah. for like public transit. So it got me like half an hour more of sleep. Yeah, that's a lot. Which I feel like like is worth $12. Do you have like good sleep hygiene? What is sleep hygiene? What does that mean? Like, I mean, like sleep practices, <laughs> Emma. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like you know, like oh, some people say like I I always go to bed at this certain time. I sleep with this certain kind of light. I uh, have this certain kind of pillow. You know that that type of stuff. I'm generally, uh, like a night person. Mm. I generally go to bed kind of late. What time do you go to bed? Like usually around two. That yeah, that is pretty late. But is it like consistent? Yeah, it's pretty consistent. Well, that's good. But also, I'm one of those people who, like, part of it is because, like, even if I 
like let's say I went to bed at like 10 p.m. every night, mm-hmm. I would still be tired in the morning. Mm. I would. There's never a time where like I wake up in the morning and I like have energy and I'm ready mm. to take on the day. Yeah. Like mm, it's usually at, like I get like my bursts of energy at night. Mm. Yeah, that's just like your circadian rhythm. Yeah, that, yeah, that's my circadian. <laughs> Do you feel like when you sleep in different places that you feel differently because like. I always think like I feel like I get better sleep on vacation. That's so interesting because I have a weird phenomenon happen where if I'm on vacation, usually like the first night mm-hmm. I'm sleeping in a new place. Number one, I wake up during the night, which I never do. Mm. I'm a really heavy sleeper. Mm-hmm. It's extremely rare for me to wake up in the middle of the night. Yeah. When I'm on vacation and sleeping in somewhere new. I wake up in the middle of the night and I often have my sleep paralysis dream, mm. which is weird. I think it's my body's do you get sleep paralysis like fairly often. No, but when I do have it, it's like the same recurring dream. Mm. D- you don't have to talk about it if you don't no, want no, to. It, it's okay. Basically the dream is that, um, well, the thing that's annoying is it's like a false awakening dream, mm. which is basically like if I'm like, let's say I went to bed here yeah. and had the dream the dream would be that i was sleeping like right where i am now yeah. and trying to open my eyes mm. and i could i cannot open my eyes in the dream i see like no matter what i do yeah. and then in the dream i finally wake up and yes. but it's a false awakening and then I feel my eyes start to close again. And I'm wow. like, no, 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 I didn't actually wake up. And then like, it just starts over. And it happens like wow. a couple times in a row. Yeah. And then when I do wake up, I'm like. And then when you. When <laughs> <laughs> I have to like, turn on the lights and I have to be like, I'm really awake. It's when you do wake up, do you feel tired? Like more tired than usual? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like, it's usually like I'll wake up like in the middle of the night when that happens. Mm-hmm. Wow, I've had I've had some dreams like that. I've never heard this term false awakening. Yeah, I've had it's, it's really sucks. I've had a false awakening dream before, but the times that I've had it, they're always very long. So I'm actually dreaming that I'm having like an unrestful kind of sleepless night, mm-hmm. falling back in and kind of like falling back out. And so then I wake up and like I feel tired, like I wasn't asleep that whole time. Oh, interesting. But in I your was mind. in fact asleep that whole time. Interesting. Yeah, and like sleep paralysis, that doesn't, it hasn't happened to me since I was a teenager, but I went through a period, I was like really anxious about graduating from high school, Mm -hmm. and so like the last month and a half or so like of high school, I had sleep paralysis multiple times a week. Huh, multiple times a week, that's a lot. Yeah, I think it was just like anxiety, you know, life is changing, gonna move. Fear. Everything, precisely, yeah. Fear change. It can really get to you. One of my friends, one of my, uh... My girlfriend said the other day, mm-hmm. she was, uh, and then she, she was completely serious. She was like, "My biggest fear is change, and then mm-hmm. probably rape." And I was like, "What the fuck?" Oh <laughs> I was like, that's, oh I was like "I was like, that's a crazy ranked list." Was and did she just like come out with that? Like, was there a, a setup to that? I think we were talking about change. Yeah, but she just kind of added that as a caveat. You know, speaking of change, that's one of my favorite Lana Del Rey songs. <laughs> I've never heard that one. Which oh. which album's off that? Um, it's on, I believe it's on Lust for Life, and it goes... Um, take off, take off. Yeah, it goes, change, change is a powerful, change is a powerful <laughs> thing, people are powerful beings, trying to find the power in me to be faithful. 
Okay, Slay. Uh, she'd be a really good country singer. I thought yeah, that's she what would. was going to happen whenever she like moved to Oklahoma and whatever. Alas. Yeah. But anyway, that's really interesting. So you took an Uber. <laughs> so um, where are you from? I was born in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. the capital of the United States, if you didn't know. Were you born in, like, D.C. proper? Or I was did, born like, in D.C. proper. No, I was born in D.C. proper. Mm-hmm. And then I was raised in Bethesda, Maryland, which is, uh, like, basically considered a suburb of Washington, D.C. Yeah. So it's Maryland but it's like five minutes from the border of D.C. Mm-hmm. I just recently found out about another place in Maryland that I thought was fake. It's what? called Chevy Chase. Oh, Chevy Chase, yeah. Yeah, so the person that, that's was... Like that, that is like right next to me. It's right next to me. The person was telling me like, oh, I'm from, I'm, I'm from Chevy Chase. I'm from Chevy Chase. That's like the town right next to me. And I was like, well, isn't that a person? I'm confused. <laughs> What's going on? And they were like, no, it's Chevy Chase. And I was like, is it two words? Yeah. And they were like, yeah. And I was like, do you guys call it the triple C? And he was like, what? And I was like, Chevy Chase City? And he was like, no. No, it's not Chevy Chase City. It's just Chevy Chase. We call it Chevy Chase. I was like, that's insane. Wild. <laughs> it's, it's literally so crazy. And so what was it like to grow up in, in D.C.? Um, it was, well, I think I kind of had the best of both worlds in mm-hmm. the sense of, like, I grew up in, like, the my neighborhood in Bethesda was Woodacres, which is, okay. like, if you go there, it's, like, the most beautiful, wholesome like little neighborhood okay you know very much like fourth of july parade in the summer jingle bell dog walk in the winter Mm -hmm. my dad organizes both of them (laughs) Um, very much like kind of like your quintessential like all-american neighborhood yeah but so i got like that but then i also like lived five minutes like from a major city right so there were some things that were really fun about that like I have a lot of memories of me as a kid going to the museums. Like, Mm. my mom would take us to the National History Museum all the time. Yeah. And, like, I have a lot of fond memories of, like, that and, like, the National Zoo. And, um... Yeah. One of the... One of the... One of the weird traditions in my high school Mm -hmm. is, um, homecoming. So, you know how, like, everyone... Yeah, crazy. Never heard of that No, you know, shut up. (laughs) You know how every high school has, like, a homecoming schedule like not a schedule but like yeah it's like a week like spirit week you have days and stuff you know, but like also like the actual day of homecoming like every yeah. school kind of does something different yeah you have like a pep rally yeah. and get a class and all that stuff yeah but like the night of right uh-huh um basically what will happen is like you go to someone's house you take photos mm. you have and then uh you have dinner right oh so your homecoming it was kind of like a prom type of thing no no because it's like this is all within everyone's different groups. So like yeah. you and a group of people and then you go out to like a restaurant. No, but that that's like that's Oh, that's s- what you do for well, prom. Well, from yeah, where I grew up, that was more like prom behavior. Homecoming was like much l- a lower lower status. Oh, our prom behavior was like kind of different. Well, I'll get to prom. But okay. in both in both cases in prom and in homecoming, what you do is like you take pictures, you go out to a restaurant, mm-hmm. and then you go to the Abr- to the Lincoln Monument. <laughs> okay. And then you d- then you no matter where you are like you after dinner, like after mm-hmm. you've been drinking, you just go to the monuments. You go to the Tidal Basin, you go to the When do you go to the football game? You go to Lincoln. Um Oh, that's like the day before. Homecoming's on a Saturday for us. Mm, okay. And then you basically what it is is like everyone cuz not many people actually go to the homecoming dance. So you mm-hmm. see everyone at the monument. Yeah. Um, 
and there's no real reason for it. You just like you're just you're just monuments. drunk and you're just taking photos in front of the Lincoln Monument, and like you and everyone in your grade in school mm-hmm. is like there. Wow. And then for prom, it's the same except for it's like mm-hmm. just your class. Yeah. And yeah. like everyone rather than like the and whole everyone's school. belligerent. Yeah. Wow. So like that's like a fun tradition that like is really random but very much like a thing you get living yeah. in dc yeah um follow-up question on that where were you january 6th <laughs> i was in new york <laughs> but i wish okay. but i should have been in dc because if i was there yeah. i would have stopped it handled it, <laughs> it would have been different <laughs> has that changed the vibe in dc a lot do you have you noticed a change since before and after that event and also just like the trump years yeah what was the what was the feeling i feel like we've maybe touched on this before i mean i don't know i, I can't keep track of all the things we've chatted about we've had so many little uh, chats we do love to chit chat you, you guys have to understand like nicholas and i would be you know what? i'm gonna name names at the nyu housing office <laughs> <laughs> i mean okay doc, you're just gonna dox me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You have a podcast called Elitist Anthropology. I feel like <laughs> them under like. I'm trying to I'm trying to posture myself as a real journalist, <laughs> and you're just gonna out me as an hourly call center worker. <laughs> we, were, we worked there in college. We're not in college anymore. We're not in college anymore. And this economy will be back soon. <laughs> Please, I need a free triple. I'll do any. I'll do anything for it. Please, I need a triple. Oh my god, I'm like crying. Um, but we would we would be there for like our our shifts would live for like eight hours at a time. Yeah. And so like we would spend hours talking, yeah. <laughs> doing nothing. Um but what I was saying before, going back to it, is that the thing about the Trump years was that mm-hmm. not only was it affecting everything nationally, but it was like if you live in DC or like the DMV area mm-hmm. where like everyone's parents work in dc right so like in bethesda like my mom's a journalist she works in dc my dad used to work for clinton but like now he does consulting everyone's parents work for like nih or their right. lawyers like, or that's the, the federal industry. government yeah exactly yeah. That's the industry there um so the thing that sucked was like because everyone's jobs revolved around politics mm-hmm. the trump administration like kind of affected everyone's lives like on a personal level like Mm -hmm. my mom had to start working much longer hours she Mm -hmm. had to be on call like all the time because she's a journalist Mm -hmm. and trump was like tweeting like crazy stuff and she just had to like be in contact with like all of his insanity all the time Mm -hmm. and she was just and so because and also dc the dmv is very liberal so if you can imagine the vibe of no see that's why i asked because i read um my gym unrelated but related (laughs) (laughs) so this all goes back to the elliptical machine basically my gym has a subscription to like all these different magazines Mm -hmm. and so lately like after i finished working out you know you just need to like cool down for a minute wapo washington post um they don't have wapo they don't have uh who owns that oh Uh, jeffy yeah yeah they don't have jeff um but like they have like vanity fair vogue men's health Mm -hmm. gq so like i've been kind of low-key like reading all of them every month and there was a story on the Kushners and how they like left Washington. Now they live in some billionaire island. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. But it made me start to think like, wow, like during those years, it must have been like a huge influx of a very particular and specific kind of Republican and conservative person to this very liberal area. Mm-hmm. But then now that that's over, like 
they like vac- a lot of them like vacated the premises. Yeah. But like what was that vibe shift like? It was a horrible vibe. Mm-hmm. Like uh because every like um so yeah, like imagine like a city full of like very liberal people who mm-hmm. really care about politics. They actually like really care about yeah. this. They're not tuned out, they're tuned in. Right. Like having to confront like fascist dogma every day (laughs) for like four years it was very disheartening to the vibe Mm -hmm. like after the one thing that was huge was when the Nats won the World Series yes I remember this yeah yeah they were not even supposed to be in the series they got like the wild card thing and then like Mm -hmm. we just won and there's this video of this guy after the game and he's like we have an asshole in the White House (laughs) he needed this we needed this but it's really true we like needed a win so badly like this city was in shambles (laughs) yeah but now that Mm -hmm. Trump's gone it's it's so much better yeah has yeah. a vibe is it is it a new feeling or is it as it started or is it just like shifting back to what it was i feel like it kind of shifted almost back mm-hmm. i don't know yeah do you think there was permanent damage uh to d de- that's interesting permanent damage i don't know i bet you some of like the republican hill interns probably stayed yeah well i mean now you have like like um What's his name? Oh, I can't think of his name, but I don't know. You could be thinking of anyone. He was he's he's in Congress, and like when they were trying to elect the House Speaker, Matt Gates. yeah, you have him. You have old girl, the blonde lady. Mm-hmm. That was. Did you see that video where he like voted for Donald Trump for Speaker, and she looked at him like, "What, bro? What?" <laughs> and then they, they were like, "Do you know how crazy you have to be for the craziest person in the room to be like Joe?" So. Um. I don't know, but it's it's mm-hmm. hard to say. I don't know if I can give a good perspective on how it's changed in the sense of like I was in high school when the Trump years yeah, started. Same. So I understood how it affected then, but then I went but then by the time Joe Biden was elected, I was yeah. in New York. So uh-huh. I haven't been living primarily like in DC mm-hmm. in a long time. In a long time. Mm-hmm. So I can't really say how if it's bounced back. And have you been living in New York all the years since you left DC? Yeah, like, I guess, like, for at least nine months of the year, mm-hmm. ever since NYU, like, ever since college, I've been living in New York. Yeah. But it, then, like, in these past three years, like, since college, I've been living here on, like, a, a full-time. Yeah. And what what neighborhoods have you been living in? Tell me about, what are your, like, favorite neighborhoods in New York? Well, first I'll tell you where I've been living. Yeah. I've been living in the East Village. I lived in Alphabet City, and then I lived in the East Village, and now I live in Williamsburg. In the Berg. In the Berg. Moved moved to Brooklyn. I'm really trying to popularize that term. I've got a few neighborhoods that I'm renaming. The Berg is one, and I've also renamed Bushwick to The Wick. The Wick? That sounds like a... That sounds like if anthropology made, like, a candle. Candle (laughs) store. (laughs) Bro, don't give them... (laughs) Don't don't give them any ideas. Um, Okay, well, I hope that works for you. I hope you make that happen. Thank you. Please help propagate sure what will you give me in return um i'll i mean i'll stamp your friend of the pod card <laughs> okay yeah I, I i assume like all comedians have like a punch card for every <laughs> podcast that they go on so like i'll give you i'll give you a punch okay thanks and your next set please really like help. so i live in the berg <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i live in i live in williamsburg now i'm a brooklyn girl now what do you think about living in in brooklyn how do you feel about it 
for for context, um, I lived in Brooklyn first. You did. And we were talking about it before you moved. And I was like, yes, please come to Brooklyn. Well, the, the difference is, like, you moved to Brooklyn not because it was cheaper, not because it was – you moved to Brooklyn for the vibe. Yes, which is very interesting and not something that people usually do. Incorrect. I moved to Brooklyn because it was cheaper. But it's, like, not that much cheaper. I don't know. It's just so expensive in Manhattan. Well, compared to where, to where you were living before like the Village, in the yeah. East Village, she was living in a very nice apartment in the East Village. That I'm sure that price was crazy. Yeah. I mean, like – Yeah. I always had, like, the smallest room, so I was mm-hmm. always paying the least. Yeah. But my last apartment was probably the nicest apartment I've ever had. Yeah, n- that was expensive. So, like, compared to that, yes, but I feel like Williamsburg is still very expensive. Yeah, it's still very expensive. Do you like living in Williamsburg? What's the, What are the vibes like there now? Um, I like it, but I don't think I'm one of those people who's, like... Oh, finally, I can breathe now that I live in Brooklyn. Like, I do miss things, like... Like there's no, like I right I live right next to like Winsun and Winsun Bakery and like those places are nice. Mm-hmm. There's no place in my like neighborhood to get lunch, to have mm. like a lunch date. Like if yeah. someone's like, you want to get Wednesday, you want to have lunch, mm-hmm. it'd be like, yeah, I gotta come to you because I live in like mm. East Williamsburg. But then mm. even in like Williamsburg proper, like by the water, yeah, everything's like a dinner place. No, no, no lunch, no lunch, no lunch establishments. And I was like, I kind of miss. You know, if we were in the East Village, I could go to Cafe Mogador. Yeah. I could, there'd be so many options. Yeah, and that's really interesting. I'm not, I think, I'm just not used to having less options. Yeah. That is something that you have to get used to. And that's been something that since living in Brooklyn that I has, has started to kind of work as like Manhattan propaganda. Because I recently uh, tore my meniscus. <gasps> and so, no. you know, they tried to, they tried to kill you. <laughs> I recently um I tore my meniscus and so obviously I've been having to like go to the doctor a lot and like there's just not an there there's not that many orthopedic surgeons. Yeah, and they're like uh, they're all on the they're all in midtown and on the yeah, on the east side and like there's not there's just not that many options like for physical therapy there's like two. Yeah. In uh in like a walking radius for me. So yeah, it is it is a pretty significant hit that you take. Yeah, it's also like the first thing I noticed was, like, in Manhattan, my pharmacy was literally, like, down the block. Mm. Maybe one minute. My pharmacy here, well, I looked it up, and it was a 10-minute mm-hmm. walk. I said, that can't be right. No, it is. And then it was. It yeah, is, it yeah. It was yeah, a 10-minute yeah. walk. I feel like, too, here, like, it's, like, I maybe it's just because of the way that it's zoned. It definitely does feel like s- you don't, you and, like, stuff are not together yeah the stuff is where the stuff is at you are where people live exactly and like the separation can be like block by block or it can be like street by street like i live in bed and it's like the stuff is on fulton street yeah exactly like i live in east the stuff is on grand street exactly i am on meserol no literally <laughs> <laughs> you live on meserol <laughs> oh i was literally me and my friend we were walking down fulton street and like there was like this british tourist and he was like excuse me no he wasn't british he, maybe he was spanish he's french some some kind of european okay and he was like excuse me like we're looking for like um like the high street like the pedestrian street and we were like sir this is it. You're on it. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is it. And he like turns and like looks at like the cookies clothing and he was like, this is, this is High Street? I was, we were like, yep, there's a Primark you want to go. There's no. the Alamo Draft House. Would you like to go see Avatar 2 the way of the, the water? Way of the water. <sighs> but anyway, let's move on. Okay. Um, so one thing that's always been a very big uh, contention in our relationship is the way that you dress. Okay. 
I, I just you, for everyone at home, I dress completely normal. Okay. I dress like a completely normal person. So that's not true. But um, one time <laughs> you said to me something that really stuck with me. You said, Nick, I said, I we were sitting in the office and I said, Kira, you are dressed like a kindergarten teacher. And then you looked at me and said, you are dressed like all the clothes you got for free after running a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I decided to eat that. All your t-shirts look like you got them for free. I do remember saying all of your shirts, you look like you got them for free. Yeah. Because so you show up in, like, dry-fit jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have to understand, I am not a mean person. <laughs> but and Nick would come in, insult my outfit, like, whilst wearing the thinnest dry-fit, <laughs> like, jersey, gray, no-color, and sweatpants. I think you cannot speak to me about fashion. <laughs> and the marathon thing is really good. Wow. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> so um can you just tell us about your style yeah it's it's, it's fun mm-hmm. and i would even say timeless yeah <laughs> um i do have like very specific uh I, I mean obviously i've gone through phases yeah i think also like post-college a lot of people go through this phase of like they don't like their clothes anymore because they're like, oh, that's just like what what I wore in college all the time. Yeah. And you kind of have to like restyle things. Of course. Um. I don't know. I would say like, I don't know. How would you describe my style, Nicholas? Um, I'd actually like to hear it in your words. Well, I would say like the first thing that comes to mind is like it's very colorful. Although it's yeah. been changing recently. That it has been changing. I, I noticed that. I went through a period of being kind of like, very colorful. I went on a deep dive on your um, TikTok. Mm-hmm. I actually re-downloaded TikTok just so I could just so I could wow. watch them. I hadn't made a TikTok since I was an orientation leader in 2019. Orientation leader. I was orientation leader. Yeah. That's um, really funny. But I noticed that you were wearing a like, you were wearing like a gray sweater, and I was like, wow. I feel like that's the first time I ever seen you wear gray. Yeah. Surely it hasn't been, but like in my mind, no, probably has. Your style is like very colorful. It's very playful. Yeah, I am um, dressing less, like, colorful now. Yeah. I think also like, I is that a conscious decision or is your mood just changing? No, it's just like what I've been into. Mm-hmm. Like I went through a phase of like liking really like fun bright colorful stuff and then i mm-hmm. kind of realized that like my grandma is an art his was an art history professor mm-hmm. and she's very into color theory and yeah. because of that my mom is very into color theory yeah and because of that like both of them my whole life have told me like exactly what colors i should not wear mm. what colors look good on me yeah and especially because my mom and i have the same coloring yeah and i feel like they're so right in the sense of like i would have like let's say like a bright red shirt yeah and i would put it on and i'd be like i can hear my grandma and my mom's voice in my head being like that's not your color because i look good in dark colors mm-hmm. like a burgundy or a pink i look good in yeah but like primary red that's a no-go mm, yeah so i kind of just like stopped wearing a lot of stuff that mm-hmm. wasn't my color just because i was like this doesn't look good on me right yeah so i, I have been going through a bit of a 
a bit of a change. A bit of a change. That's really fascinating. Well, I can say as an audience, I'm so happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been going through a change as well. You're I wearing, have. I have been. You're yeah. wearing a striped sweater. I'm wearing a striped sweater. I used to be very against stripes. I used to really not like stripes, and like let alone a horizontal stripe. Yeah. Um, but not not very colorful still. Still not very colorful. That's just like not my thing. I'm just mm-hmm. I'm just not very silly and playful in that way. And yeah. so I, f- I do wear a lot of dark colors, except for I have a, a Swedish jersey. That's yeah, the yellow Swedish jersey. Yeah. The yellow Swedish jersey. I know. I've seen it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that. I think my thing now, though, is like I like to wear a lot of the same things. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen You've them. probably seen all of my outfits. I've seen every single one of your outfits. Yeah. And like every time I get a new piece of clothing, it can kind of take over my life for a little while. For sure. Like I got these cargo pants. I got these cargo pants and... um. I went to France and like I got off the plane and you know people in France they don't really wear shorts like that like Interesting. In, well know. maybe not on all of France but like in Paris like every sh- time with the French yeah they're all always, it's always something shorts <laughs> yeah shorts are not really a thing and as you know shorts are like a thing for me shorts are not a thing for me yeah shorts are a big thing for you yeah and so I went and I was like nobody's wearing shorts like I I need to get some pants mm-hmm. and so I had a photo shoot that day so I was like let me go just buy an outfit so I went and got these cargo pants and then when I came back they had kind of like taken over my life for a little while and I was just yeah. like wearing them all the time wearing them right now they're nice good pair of pants it was, I mean solid I when I bought them I was like these are kind of expensive it was like a hundred dollars or 95 euro whatever I was like this is kind of a lot but I was like you know what I know like that's one thing I think about a lot when I'm shopping is like I know like when I buy something like I'm gonna wear this yeah because so you, you really wear your stuff. no I've been wearing it I've yeah, been, yeah. <laughs> been wearing it so like I never kind of feel bad about it because like I know I'm gonna get all the value out of it but still you know it's nice. a lot it's a, not from a investment like money thing but also too like I know like I'm committing to this yeah and that can be a lot but anyway the real reason i brought you on the show is because i want to talk about tiktok okay so as you know i'm 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 not on the clock yeah you're not on the app i'm not on the app i have a lot of feelings about it really well because so like i said whenever i was the orientation leader in 2019 or whatever this was before tiktok had really taken um, off taken off i'd say like tiktok's taken off time was 2020 yeah, the pandemic. Yeah, that was what changed the game. Yeah. So I was on it before. And in fall of 2019, I did, uh, we had to choose a company to research in this class that I was taking. And so I chose TikTok. Mm-hmm. And so we started researching like TikTok's like privacy and cybersecurity practices, right? And so basically it was just like, it was like a person who watches like, uh, like a meat documentary and becomes a vegan. Yeah. Like for some people, obviously, like Seeing you watch how the it, sausage and you don't made. care. But like for some people, like it just it just hit. And for me, I was just like, I I gotta, I can't. Yeah. I got. So then I just I was like, I gave it up. But you are very successful on TikTok. Thank you. Some might even say that you are like a TikTok celeb. I would. I mean, I'm really, I'm just a normal girl. I mean, I I'm told. Just, I try to stay humble. I told a few people. I said, oh, um, I'm making my podcast this week. And they were like, they were Jesus like, oh, Christ. good luck, Charlie. Yeah. And they were like, who are you interviewing? I was like, oh, like, uh, there's this girl. She's like, really, she's popular on TikTok. Her name is Kira. I just know her from school. Yeah. And they were like, oh, we're, let we're me look. friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. School chums. Exactly. School chums. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And um, and then they look and they were like, oh, I know her. Da, 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 da. So I, I would say you're pretty notable. So can you just, like, you know, just talk to me about what it's like to be, uh, you know, uh humble but <laughs> very you know a successful uh tiktok creator um it's fun it's cool okay 
sometimes I get recognized mm-hmm. now, which is fun. Mm-hmm. Everyone's very nice. And I'm not disillusioned or jaded enough for it like not to be flattering to me. Yeah. Like it really boosts my ego when that happens. Yeah. Um, so that's nice. Um it's given me a lot of opportunities mm. in comedy in New York. I think the biggest change it's like made for me is like uh it, it me. like allowed me to connect with so many I was gonna ask about that. Is there is there a, a TikTok NYC comedy milieu? Yeah, well, it's just kind of like there. There's a huge NYC, especially like Brooklyn comedy milieu, 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 if you will. Um, and it's a really good way to like make friends Mm -hmm. with people, and also just like make even outside of comedy, just like make friends with like really cool, interesting people, like based Mm -hmm. in New York City as well. Yeah. Um, and it's really valid i'm someone who like with comedy and like with my work in general yeah what i really want is to be like respected by my peers Mm -hmm. to be to have my work validated and thought of as good by the people that i respect by the people who i find very funny and very Mm -hmm. smart yes and so when that happens Mm -hmm. that's the thing is like that for me is what is the most validating and motivating. Right. And so the, the nice thing about TikTok is like anyone can come across your TikTok. Right. And you have a way to like get your content in front of these people who like yeah. would never have seen your content before. Mm-hmm. And the reason I did TikTok instead of like, let's say YouTube is mm-hmm. like I was very on social media i like followed a lot of people like i understood how algorithms worked and i kind of made a conscious choice of like tiktok seems to be the app where the algorithm works the most in favor of people who don't have a lot of followers right like if you have a good video and you don't have followers like it can still it can still grow get on the for you page yeah Yeah. and i was like this app seems to be like the best for it Mm -hmm. so like let me just start on there what has been like the biggest sort of like the biggest dub that has come from your tiktok success dubs that mean w yes win win like you know the biggest opportunity that has come out of it or like the like the what has been like the biggest win that was you know was like generated from the fact that i would say like 90 percent I feel like my, I was like, career Mm -hmm. has really, like, moved in the right direction the past two years. Mm -hmm. And I owe probably 98% of it to TikTok. Yeah. Like, I started hosting, like, like stand-up comedy shows with my friend Sophia. Yes. Like, we had a mutual friend in school from Mm -hmm. college, but we had never met. Mm -hmm. They found me on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And then we met in real life. Yeah. And then we decided to host a show together. Mm-hmm. So, like, that was the connection that was made through TikTok. Like, when we hosted the show, a lot of it were people, like, comedians I knew and met through TikTok. I yeah. have managers now. Like, mm-hmm. I am signed with a management company. Yeah. I am sure. I'm Yeah, I, I, they definitely found me through TikTok. Yeah. Like, I gained representation through there. Mm-hmm. I gained... And so, what is that? Can you walk me through, like, so... What does that kind of look like? I want you to tell me about two things. The first thing I want you to tell me about is what does it look like to be represented by 
an, to have representation where your primary medium is as like a creator of free content, not as a writer, actress, etc. And then can you also sort of walk me through the lifetime of a deal? So I saw you did a caseify um mm-hmm. is a spawn con promo. I don't even yeah, know what you would call it. Can you walk me through like the lifeline of that and what does that pipeline look like? Okay. Um the first thing is that for per your first question mm-hmm. is that thankfully the people who found me, I'm signed with Two West Entertainment. I really mm-hmm. love them. They're really great. Um, but they, but I was really upfront at the beginning when they were like, we would love to have like a meeting with you. Like in that meeting, I was like, look, I'm, I primarily like, don't think of myself as a TikToker. Like I think of myself as a comedian. Like Mm -hmm. I just use TikTok like as a platform basically to give me leverage in all of my other comedic aspects. Yeah. And I was like, and I because I was really worried going into it that they would be like wanting to manage me as an influencer. Yeah. They just want to get in on that. Ad yeah. Sales I, was, money. I was worried about that. And yeah. they were like, we're so rele- relieved to hear you say that. Cause they manage mm-hmm. a lot of like comedians. Mm-hmm. They were like, we're so relieved to hear you say that. Like we don't think of you that way. Yeah. And we're both kind of on the same track of okay. like the way they're managing me is like as talent, like as a mm-hmm. creator and like an artist Yeah, who, and my managers always say they're like when we like when they do set up a deal they're like we want mm-hmm. like they'll always be like let me know if you want to do this because we don't want to make you overwhelmed because we want you to be able to like do the creative work that like you actually like really want to want to do yeah and what is that um a lot of stuff like going to stand-up shows like writing stand-up comedy like mm-hmm. writing new material i started writing on Substack again i saw that i saw that so did you read it no or you just saw it? <laughs> <laughs> well i have i have some feelings about Substack. i'm sure you do i have uh, yeah i have some feelings about Substack. i mean Substack, also like medium like kind mm-hmm. of like we were, we were talking earlier uh, off the record wait did we talk no that was in the same conversation when you were like i never thought radio would make a comeback oh yeah <laughs> um watching the blogosphere the make blog. a comeback yeah, yeah. has been a little strange and i think that i watched a youtube video and they were talking about how like this the people that are the highest paid on like substack and on medium are just like journalists that were already that were working at like the washington oh, post yeah, or yeah. working Who at then, the washington like, journal they, whatever substack is now like their column yeah and so then they just go there and so like it's kind of like not a pyramid scheme but like the sort of like (laughs) like, they don't start out they don't like work from the ground up the myth of success on substack is actually supported by people who were already very famous and successful and like that's to the end that it exists but i'll read your substack (laughs) subscribe even i would prefer to read a novel can you write a novel um no that's actually like one of the only I write a lot of different stuff. Yeah. I have a lot of different artistic mediums. Mm-hmm. I'm working on a play right now. Oh, really? Yeah. What's the play about? Or do you, do you want to talk um, about it? It's about, yeah, yeah, I can tell you. It's basically, it's the, uh, it's at the end of the year mm-hmm. of the millennium and. Like s- 1999 like, or like in the no, future? No, just like, just like any millennium. Like, okay. so like, let's say it's the millennium, like right now we're going into a new millennium mm-hmm. and it's, um satan and all of his demons having kind of like a quarterly report <laughs> like, yeah. okay. it's a, them okay. having like looking past 
talking about branding, rebranding, yeah. what's been working, what's been not working, stats. Oh, man. I would love to be in like that Like, how meeting. many souls stolen? What's, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Like, how can we rebrand for the future? Yeah. How uh, many Faustian how, bargains did we make? for the new millennium. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that would be a good title. What? Synergy for the new millennium. Synergy for the new millennium. <laughs> but it's about that. It's, and it's kind of about it's like midlife. is mid-millennium crisis, you know? Of Satan. Yeah. Of like. Yeah. That's interesting. Okay, now talk to me about the the spawn con. So how does it work when like so you're on TikTok, you're doing your thing, Caseify is in the Caseify office, or or fucking mm-hmm. Blue Apron is in the Blue Apron office, or BetterHelp is in better the Better Help. <laughs> BetterHelp is in the BetterHelp genu- office. Sorry, I'm genuinely triggered. I see so many ads mm-hmm. for BetterHelp that it's genuinely triggering to me. Like it makes me so annoyed. I have to mute it whenever it comes on. It's so scary. It's so scary to me when I see, uh, like, the in-video in ads because when I at first come to college, I wrote a report on that. I was mm-hmm. like, data data shows that uh, 90-something 90, 90 percent of all people under the age of 30 use a form of ad block. So in the future, in the future, everyone will be famous, and in the future, all ads will be in-content video ads. Yeah, like, I wrote that, sense. and now I'm living in my own hell. I know oh that's, like... God. Probably anybody could have come to that conclusion. Why were but you it, Why were you given the gift of prophecy? It literally it feels like a curse. Like I'm on Cassandra <laughs> mode because I, yeah, exactly. I was like, I was like, what? Like now we're we're here with it, and my fifteen dollars a month for YouTube Premium can't protect me. It from can't break. Can't even save you. Yeah, but tell me. So what what happens? Um. So now that I have managers, basically, if a brand emails me directly. I'll just CC it to my managers. I don't even okay. have to touch it. I'm just going to be like, thanks for reaching out. CCing you to my managers. Mm-hmm. Or um, the, the, I don't know. I think the my managers like send me out for things or like they'll send companies or brands like my deck. Yeah. They, they've made a deck for me. I don't know what it looks like, but they. Oh, wow. I would like, can you get that? I want to see that. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I've never seen it before, but um. Basically now, like, the mm-hmm. really nice thing is that, like, all of that business stuff is, like, handled by them. So they just, like, come to me yeah. and they'll be like, blank so wants you for this. is your, do you have a lawyer? No. But I, my mom is very much someone, she's a uh-huh. journalist, she's very much a yeah. suspicious lady. I was, yeah, I was going to ask, so, like, when they bring you the deal, do you have an outside review process? Oh, well, like, the first time I ever had to sign a contract for, like, a deal. yeah. My mom set up a Zoom with our family friend, who's an entertainment lawyer. Okay. So, yeah. like, my mom, Nell Henderson, she's a journalist. She very much, like, yeah. is a suspicious woman. Yeah. Um. She, like, that was the first thing she did. She was like, you mm. need to get an entertainment lawyer. Yeah. yeah. And I, we've, like, so we, I've done that process of, like, having someone, like, look over stuff before so Mm -hmm. i kind of have like a good idea of like what's normal what's not yeah but also the nice thing about having managers is that they're really like on your side yeah they're playing for your team right and they know like what's like they would never any contract they send me that you're like can you sign this like for the case to buy deal like i really trust them to like yeah catch anything weird in there interesting interesting no i'm the same way well, I, I'm I'm a Nepo baby. <laughs> uh, and so a lot of people in my family, that's like the family trait. Like a lot of people really? in my family are lawyers. Yeah. So like my cousin, she's a lawyer and I Venmo her $1. And in the in the caption, I say retainer. <laughs> and then I send her the contract, lease, 
yeah, deal, whatever it is, and then yeah, have her redline it. Interesting. But that's fascinating. Okay. I want to know you came from lawyers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was th- in an in 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 another extended universe. I'm in law school right now. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Probably wearing the same outfit. Oh, well, of course. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I listened to this podcast with Kim Kardashian. And she was like, you know, I'm going to be the kind of lawyer that wears a bikini. Like, I'm not going to stop being me just because I'm certified by the Bar of California. And I was like, real. Like, I'm not just going to stop wearing athleisure just because athleisure. just because what? Like, I'm barred? That's the biggest difference between you and me is actually the aesthetic that I hate that it, I cannot mm-hmm. get behind is athleisure. Really? And that's your primary aesthetic. Yeah, that's like that's like my main mode. That is not even a mode. That's I consider when getting dressed in the morning. Okay. Um, well, let's move on. I have some bigger things I want to talk about. <laughs> let's hear them. And it starts with an A and it ends with a D. And it rhymes with Meyer Band. I want to talk about Ireland. Ireland! <laughs> <laughs> you said it starts with an A. Uh, I, oh, and I'm, ends with a D. I'm sorry, I'm Southern. <laughs> so, <laughs> it starts with an I. It starts with an A. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, Ireland. Talk, Aaron Gobra, the proud nation of Ireland. Uh, talk to me, just talk to me, regale me with tales of the motherland. Talk to me about Ireland, about Paul Mescal, <laughs> about normal people, about Trinity University. What does being Irish mean to you? I am a, I am an Irish American. Are you first? Are you considered first gen? Is your dad from Ireland proper? Um, no, I'm. I am an Irish citizen. Mm-hmm. My grandma was born in ireland she was raised she's irish she's was born and raised in ireland yeah in uh northern ireland born a catholic in northern ireland in like the 30s real so not even like even before the 30s like probably like the 19 1900s Mm -hmm. so real she has no love for the british (laughs) (laughs) um my dad always does this impression of her where Mm -hmm. he goes 800 years of British oppression over the <laughs> Irish. Like, that was like, that, she, she never forgot. Um, yeah. And then my grandpa is, his family hails from Cork in, in Ireland in the South. And okay. the way their family came over was like late 1800s. My great, great grandfather mm-hmm. was part of the revolution and he was a Fenian fighter oh, and he wow. was on the run from the British. And that's yeah. why he had to flee to America. He had to do the race. Yeah, he literally had to like hide in a cave for two days and then like hop on a boat. Yeah. Like, oh wow. Like, to, they didn't get out. Of, it was too hot. It was Wait, too hot in Ireland. The block was too hot in Ireland. Yeah. Wait, are you go. familiar with the song The Race by TK? No. It's like the story of your grandfather. Basically, this guy from my hometown, mm-hmm. he um, was wanted for capital murder. And so he went on the run and then he made this song called the race where he says i didn't beat the case so i did the race oh well yeah he was on the run he was on the wow, move. he was wow. hustling okay um, so uh but yeah my dad is a very he's like a hundred percent we did also did like for fun we did 23 and me oh, did you have any <laughs> uh, did you think it would come out any different no but it was just like at least with all of us like my mom mm-hmm. everyone else like it was like it was obviously 95 percent the isles of british like england ireland scotland but like maybe like a splash of like little color of like other colors yeah in northern europe my dad was like one dot 
on the map. And Whoa. I was like, I didn't think that was possible. <laughs> but it's like one <laughs> dot and it's the proud Isle of Ireland. Wow, very cool. Mm-hmm. And so what do you, do you have any takes about the royal family? I have so many takes about did the royal Did you read family. Spare? I did not read Spare. I'm not mm-hmm. going to read Spare. Why? I mean, why would you? I have no love for the royal family. I think for me, what then I... they should be abolished. I agree. And if Britain just sank into the sea, <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> want would them. Good I wouldn't I want them. 800 years. Like, 800 years of British oppression. My thing about um, Meghan Markle and Harry is that I just, what I, like, everything that happened was, like, fucked up. Like, that sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, free them. Glad they're an American now and it's over. But what I don't like is that their problem with the story or their problem with the royal family is never being a part of the royal family and, like, yeah. being a part of the legacy of colonialism, slavery, imperialism. Oh, yeah, like, they're not mad about, Their like, problem it, was that, like, well, they were mean to us. Yeah, it's, like, Harry, the reason, this is all I'll say about it, but basically, like, my, because I could go on a whole rant, mm-hmm. is, like, he's not mad about it being institutionally evil he's just mad that he got the raw end of the deal yeah like if he was the firstborn, he would not be writing this book it's true which is why it's a little bit annoying yeah but i do think we'll have a united ireland in my lifetime we've talked about this i know we'll have a united ireland can you tell my audience why you believe that ireland will be united in your lifetime so in the next you know 50 years 60 years um a lot of it's just like a logistical thing of like it makes sense yeah you know like the my dad does a lot of work in northern ireland he's like when he worked for the clinton administration he like worked on like the the troubles like the peace process and stuff like that and yeah it's just one of those things of like not only is it like a fight that's been going on for like for for such a long time that people mm-hmm. are still really passionate about yeah. but also like logistically it makes more sense mm-hmm. like to divide a country kind of like in half with no real boundary and say like this mm-hmm. is this part it like doesn't really make sense right like the it n- number one like it's just easier and it makes more sense for that to be one country right. and then also like i don't occupiers cannot outlast like revolutionaries 800 years 800 years that's that's pretty crazy when you think about it Mm -hmm. 800 years of them being like of the british being like stay down and ireland being like just you (laughs) wait like literally no no like literally no wow wow do you think you'll ever live in ireland yeah i do my Mm -hmm. um older sister is doing a grad school in ireland right now i forgot you have an older sister everyone forgets I know the younger Kaylee sister. Kaylee really mad at me because everyone, everyone forgets. Well, you know what? You know why we remember the younger sister? She is me. Uh, no, because she looks black. So <laughs> <laughs> there okay, was yeah, a episode um, in our long life together where we're sitting in the office and she, I, your sister wasn't in town. Maybe she was in town, but she wasn't in the office, but you showed yeah. me a picture of her and you were like, oh, like, look at my sister. And her sister looks like, her sister looks like biracial. Like she looks like passing 2021. And... <laughs> So um, she shows me to her, and I look at her, and I say, Kira, um, so is your s- <laughs> do you guys have the same parents? <laughs> yes. Like, you know, trying to ask, like, <laughs> politely, you know, like, is your sister biracial? And she proceeds to say, no, I know you think my sister is black. She's not black. She's what we call black Irish. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she was like, yeah, like, most Irish people, like, well, this is how I remember. Maybe this is okay. what she said. But she was like, most Irish people, like, burn in the sun. Like, they don't tan. But, like, my sister gets tan. 
And so she looks a little ethnic. And I was like, wow. And so that's why I've always remembered the younger that sister because sense. I'm like, she has a younger black sister. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I don't. I've it's never... really only in the summer where she is mistaken for that. But mm-hmm. it's because she has really thick, like curly Irish hair. Yeah. It gets really frizzy in the summer mm-hmm. and she tans really easily. Yeah. So we like have the same face. You do. Like we have yeah. the same face, just different coloring, but. Like she has very curly hair yeah. and she gets very tan very easily. So she's you guys been... look like that. I don't know if you've ever seen like that like spam ad where it's like a white like really plain white redhead headed <laughs> girl and then like obviously like black girl and it's like they're twins. <laughs> <laughs> How can it be? No, Do you know wait, what I'm wait, talking please, about? Please, the next time, please, the next time I see it, yeah, it's like one of those memes where it's like they take a, like a celebrity like on vacation and they're like she used to be a big star. <laughs> now she works in Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> she works in Nebraska. But so your older sister lives in Ireland. Yeah, she's doing a, a, a grad school for two years in Ireland. I'm going to visit her in March. Oh, that's exciting. Which is going to be everybody's great. going to Europe in March. Oh, I didn't by everybody, know that. I just mean you and me. Oh, okay. And my, one of my coworkers. I'm going to go to Spain oh, and also really to, to, to Paris after, and maybe to maybe to Munich. What about the proud nation of Ireland? You know, that's on my list. But when I go, I need to spend some time there. That's not going to yeah. be me bouncing around. I'm just going to be. I'll take you to Ireland. You can meet my family. Can I, can you take me to see the runes? There's there's runes out the wazoo. Oh, <laughs> you're not, I you're not see even that. ready for these runes. It's really fun. I have a lot of family in Ireland, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna visit them. Yeah. Uh we're gonna kinda do a little road trip. Go oh, to our favorite fun. spots. Mm-hmm. I wanna time. I wanna watch Belfast and then go to Ireland. <laughs> Is that good Irish representation? Um, I don't know. I haven't seen Belfast. Um, I like my dad did because oh, my dad did? is actually, as I said before, my dad does a lot of Irish stuff. He yeah. was he went to the premiere of Belfast. I oh, got wow. to meet Kenneth Branagh. Did he like it? Yeah. Okay, then I'll watch it now. <laughs> I the only Irish movies I know are that Luck of the Irish. Oh my god! Classic, yeah, of course. Um, um, Brave. That's Scottish. She's not Irish. She's Scottish. Oh, I thought she was Irish because she had red hair. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. See, this is why we have to do elitist anthropology. Exactly. Because we're, we're learning. We have to question assumptions. But let's move on. Some final questions for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you can answer it in as much detail or um, not Brevity. detail yeah. as you like. Brevity. Boom. Mm-hmm. Another reason why we have to do mm-hmm. anthropology. What are you listening to right now? What type of music are you listening to and what movies are you watching? Recently, I'm listening mm-hmm. to Ethel Kane. Love Ethel Kane. American teenager. Obama Barack Obama's Corps. favorite. <laughs> Barack, Obama Barack Obama's favorite song. He likes he's it because it feels so like a little real. joke. He's so real for that. <laughs> that line about the guy who comes home in a box. Yeah, he's, yeah, like, yeah. he's like, I'm in this picture yeah. and I don't like it. Well, um, I'm listening to Ethel Kane. What have I been watching? Hmm. Have you been watching? <laughs> oh, White Lotus. No. Yeah. No, no, I wasn't watching Lotus. Um, I'm watching Abbott Elementary, of course. Mm. Okay. Um. I don't know. What kind of content am I consuming? Musically, listening to a lot of the 1975, a lot of Ethel Kane. Mm-hmm. And let's say TV shows, Abbott Elementary. Okay. And then the last question is, what do you want to be doing in five years? If possible, mm-hmm. I'd like to be the emperor of the world. But if that is, quote unquote, far-fetched, as my yeah. managers say. Well, that's going to be MBS. So <laughs> he's, he's kind of got that covered. Um, I'd like to be... Um, writing for like a comedy show or a late night comedy show mm-hmm. and 
like doing stand up consistently. Maybe have like a a half hour, a Comedy Central half hour stand up by then. Yeah. You know, just chugging along. Would you accept a streamer or you want to be on TV proper? Hmm. It's a big difference. I think I'd take what I can get at this point. Okay. But I don't know. You know the Netflix ones, they kind of give you like some kind of janky terms with those. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'd, have to have, I'd have to suss out a good deal for it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's weird because I can't, I think about that and I'm like, how the hell am I going to do that? Like, how am I, how the hell am I going to get there? Yeah. But I also at the same time feel really close to it. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, from the outside, it seems like you're definitely on the right track. Like yeah. people know you, who you are. Like people think you're funny. Yeah. It's so, it's so weird because it's like, that's all it takes to be a professional comedian. No, no, <laughs> no it's so weird because you know, like where you want to be. Like mm-hmm. I know where I want to be at like 25 or like yeah. what I, what I want to have accomplished at 25. Yeah. I'm 23 right now. Yeah. It's just a matter of like, how do I get there in these yeah. two years? Like, how do I make that happen? Um, yeah. And it's interesting, but it's also like, a little bit scary i told my not to go on i don't know if we're running out of time here but like keep going one time my friend jesse mm-hmm. she goes to medical school she wants to be a doctor okay and she was talking about how you know annoying it is that she's like looking down the barrel of the gun of like medical school and like all these years in residency mm-hmm. and i was like i can understand that really sucks but on the flip side mm-hmm. the advantage of that is you know at the end of it you will be a doctor right like, you know that there's a long road, but at the end of it, you are guaranteed right. to be a doctor. And every step leads to the next. Every step leads to the next and is moving forward. Right. None of it's moving backward. No recursive movement. Whereas, uh, for someone who's, like, in the arts, mm-hmm. per se, or also right. comedy, like, there's no guarantee right. you that don't... at the end of your road, you will be successful yeah you don't graduate from film school and then they hand you the palm door yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you and made then, it yeah. uh, like and then you're like pilots bought by yeah. netflix like there's no guarantee for that i mean even don't let don't let warner brothers buy you yeah they will make it and be like never mind <laughs> they'll literally be like we're deleting this no, from, no. from the internet um but yeah i mean like the the positive of that is that things can happen really exponentially. Mm-hmm. Like I've made so much progress in the last two years mm-hmm. that happened like really quickly. Yeah. But I don't know, like, will that momentum keep going? Like, will it stop? Mm. I don't know. It's just a lot. There's pros and cons to it, but a lot of it is just like, you don't know how it's all going to shake out. <sighs> Ain't Enough. that the truth? Sadly, folks, you never do. <laughs> <laughs> that's the craziest part well thanks so much kira this has been so much fun this has been such a great i always have such a great time chatting with you oh thanks so much i have fun chatting with you too <laughs> i love hanging out with you i know i hope you'll come back to the pod oh i will on, i'm a friend of the pod on season two we're gonna film the second half of the season in la <gasps> so if you're in la later this year maybe you can yeah, come I'm visiting on my a, grandma probably as a part two my nana can Nana come on the podcast? Because uh, she's been kind of uh, a character in the Kira Extended Universe that I'm, I'm kind of interested in. I don't know if Nana wants to be on the podcast. She's a bit too smart to spend her time doing that kind of stuff. In Pawning. the sense of, like, she kind of does her own thing. She likes to be alone. She likes to talk about art. 
She likes See, to read stuff. Like she's that's why, she's kind of in her she's actually kind of an icon. That's why I need her. You yeah, know yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. That's why she needs to be on the pod so that she, I can do some anthropology. I, she like would tell my um sorry, like I know we're about to leave there, but no, my keep mom, going. My um my mom is someone who's like a genius. Yes. Like no I'm familiar. Yeah. And then my um grandma is also someone who's like very much in a fun way, like I love her to death, but she does judge people by mm-hmm. their intellect because she's yeah. really smart. Like my mom said that her mom, that my Nana would tell her like when she was 12 and she had a friend over, she'd be like, why do you hang out with Claire? She's not very interesting. <laughs> and my mom would be like, she's 12. Like I'm 12. Like, what I, do you mean? She's not I very interesting. I need her on elitist anthropology. <laughs> yeah, no, like, I need her. Tell her I will take, I, I'm also our history buff. Oh. Tell her that I will take and pass any exam. Okay. That she's ever given. I'll pass it. I need to know her thoughts. You would love her. On the ecstasy of St. Teresa. Tell her that I want to know her thoughts next to St. Teresa. She's going to be like, bro, he's cool. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I will. Right. I'll pass it along. Well, thanks so much, Kira. Thanks so much. Have Nicholas. a wonderful day in Williamsburg. You too. Bye, everyone. Bye.